expressing my opinions, but what we're doing here is bigger than that. These are conversations that need to be had in an unfiltered way. Drag racing is all I've ever done. It's all I care to do. I respect the history, I appreciate how far we've come, but I want more for this sport, and I'll fight for it. It's uncut, it's unfiltered, this is the show of shows. The biggest names in drag racing. No holds barred. This is the great American motorsport, drag racing. Prove me wrong, I'll wait. Hey gang, Wes Buck here, Drag Illustrated Magazine, checking in. It is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023, and we got a special episode for you guys today. It's exciting for even us. This is the second annual Drag Illustrated Awards. I know, I know, last year Mike and I were dressed up, suit and tie, and we had a big ballroom and a big gala, all those things. But with the World Series of Pro, of Pro Mod bearing down on us, we chose to divert resources and act accordingly. So here we are on Wednesday, per usual, two o'clock Central Standard Time, joining you to dive into this year's breakdown of the Drag Illustrated Awards. The issue goes live. The special issue of Drag Illustrated Magazine goes live tonight, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. East Coast. Um, huge shout out to all of our show sponsors, flowracing.com, Stroud Safety, Redline Oil, uh, for being a part of this and helping support this endeavor for years now. Pretty incredible. Uh, we've got 15 categories to go through today. So we've got a, a lot of ground to cover in a relatively short amount of time. I do want to remind you guys that we're like less than 20 days away. I don't know how that's possible. A little bit scary to say out loud, to be totally honest. The Drag Illustrated World Series of Pro Mod coming up March 3rd, 4th, 5th. 2023 at Bradenton Motorsports Park. Three days that will live forever in infamy. If you haven't gotten tickets, log on to WorldSeriesOfProMod.com right now and get them. VIP tickets will sell out. Truth be told, they actually sold out on Monday. Pretty proud of that, so I wanted to get that in there. But we decided to open it up a little bit more, make a few more tickets available. So log on to WorldSeriesOfProMod.com right now. Get yourself some tickets through our partners at The Foat. Dot com and uh, I say I say let's get on with it. JT, Mike, uh, are you guys in the building? Have you guys got power and internet? Where where where's my boys at? Let's let's rally the troops here. Hell yeah! What's up, guys? You know you JT's ready. Woo! Oh, I know. So uh, before we get too far along here, and and again, we have a lot of ground to cover in a relatively short amount of time. But I do want to touch on, I mean, we're the Super Bowl, guys. Like, holy moly, Kansas City Chiefs, the hometown squad, getting the job done against Fletcher Cox and the entire drag racing community. I mean, the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. What a deal that was. Let's, <laughs> let's start there. For those living under a rock, the, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs went head-to-head -head this weekend in Phoenix, Arizona. Super Bowl, what number was it? 57, I think. 57, 57 yeah. my goodness. Can you imagine having 57 swings of the bat? I can't wait till World Series of Pro Mod 57. I'd probably be dead, I guess. Yeah, we, we definitely will be Yeah, dead. we're going to definitely be dead. <laughs> I know I will be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, with today's advanced technology, and I mean, I'm doing fasting. Cryogenics. Lunges, cryogenics. Yeah. Uh, I may be around. I may. I think I could pull like 106 
107. <laughs> it's possible. I'm not sure. It seems doable. Anyways, big time football game this weekend, and it's no secret. Our boy here, JT Hudson, the ultimate Kansas City Chiefs fan. Congrats, brother. You know, thank you, man. I'm, I'm excited, yeah. but I'm I'm a fake fan, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> You're the real deal. So I couldn't have been happier oh, yeah. there but Sunday evening. There's a lot of fans that came over, you know, once Patrick, you know, started with the Chiefs. I mean, he's just fun to watch. He is fun. To yeah, watch some, of those, some of those some of those are uh, referees that actually came over there oh and joined God. on the Kansas City. Man, people wagon. sound so stupid when they say that too. <laughs> I mean, it's like like I can I can literally like show you all kinds of plays where it went the other way. And but you know, but get you go ahead. But it's hey, not a new thing Mike. though. Yeah, get like, on. I, I think. Oh that yeah, everybody's got a soapbox. They got to get on. Football games have been decided by. I mean, that that happens. I'm not saying it was ideal. I, I would have loved to have seen game. some sort of barn burner into the game and see the Philadelphia Eagles have a chance, a couple minutes on the clock to come back and make something happen. But at the same time, part of sports is that human error. I believe. I mean, it happens in every sport. A hold gets called. The dude or, admitted. I mean, it happens. That he held. Right? And he had, and, and anytime you tug the jersey and pull the jersey, you're probably going to get a call. That's that. two I mean, straight games that the Chiefs have had with controversial calls that appeared to go in their favor. But that's just the way it goes. LeBron's been getting calls all anything, these years. You didn't say anything about the uh, the fumble return that was called back, and you didn't say anything the last two games <laughs> when we had we had two touchdowns called back the last game. You didn't say anything about that. You didn't say anything about the catch on the sideline that wasn't a catch. And if they wanted to stop him, and they didn't want that call to matter. All they had to do was stop him one time in the second half, and they didn't. Well, I'm waiting for my New Jersey to get, come back. This was JT's microphone, and yeah. it well, I mean, just it's like, fell to the it's ground. It's like, oh, my God, we're going to pick that one play. You know, I knew that was going to be the case as soon as it happened. We were we – were, uh, well, you, weren't you weren't in Slack. You were you know, hosting all of I lost the play to Missouri phone. at your home. I lost my phone, like, in the first quarter. And I didn't That's find it. a good thing. That's like I ideal. That's I know. Ideal I didn't situation. find it until like two thirty in the morning. So that's, that's a that's... great time to find <laughs> your phone, right? I'd been asleep for three hours at two thirty a.m. My goodness. Now, JT, you're gonna have to get used to it when you get when you have a dynasty. You remember the Bulls? Remember Michael Jordan? I got oh, all yeah. the calls. Everybody said LeBron, and it's just on down the line. This you know, most what, most of the year, though, comes people that actually hadn't time. watched the Chiefs is they they didn't get a lot of those calls and, and Mahomes does get beat up pretty good, you know, when he's running and stuff. So it's funny that, that, uh, I mean, just people just love to hate and you know what? I'm here for it. You know, this is way well, better what than a change two of pace for Chiefs 14, fans. you know, like, I mean, think, what a change I'll of pace for Chiefs long. fans, man. You guys, I mean, the Kansas city chiefs have been, I mean, their existence has been a pretty rough and tumble ordeal for a long time. So to see them have, a run here. I, I got no problem with it, man. I, I'm excited it's, for it. It was interesting to see the way the entire sport of drag racing, though, rallied around our, our buddy Fletcher Cox, right? I've never seen Super more Bowl people Sunday. proud of their affiliation with every with Every picture that anyone's ever gotten with Fletcher was posted on Facebook. On it was. Sunday. It really was, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny, man. I've never, the whole sport was like Rock and Eagle jerseys. I'm like, well, hey, man, I mean, I, I'm here for it. It's pretty cool to see everybody. And I, I got to be honest, huge kudos to, to Fletcher. I know he is. I'm sure they had a hell devastated, of a year, but man. man, they had a fantastic year. And what just what an experience this whole thing is. And that was there was actually a video my wife showed me on social media. And it was they'd set a camera up in a hallway, maybe of the hotel or, or the host hotel somewhere. And it had like ex one word 
that describes your Super Bowl experience. And like the players were walking by it and it was the players would walk up and say, amazing, walk, <laughs> unbelievable, incredible. And it was just cool to see them task because you could see everybody involved for the most part was really relishing that moment. I know I watched it from afar, uh, watching all the pregame stuff and all the buildup on the various different channels. And I was just taken by the level of production, how good of a job they do. Like the yeah. NFL deserves whatever successes they have financially, whatever they deserve it. Cause they do an incredible job. The signage alone. Can you imagine what it costs to, to do the, the front of the stadium, the way they did and all those pieces and uh, flags just, and scaffolding. Just, Holy shit. And man. the money I, spent, you know, think how many people go to that town that don't even go to the game. You know, I had buddies that went and just hung out for a few days. You know, well, they say going to the back. game, the going to the game is like, it's not the experience you think. Like if you, you're used to going to Chiefs games or Eagles games, that going to the Super Bowl is like, I don't know, watching some kind of production versus actually watching a football game. It's like really sterile or something. We had a lot of people come back, like Panthers fans come back from when we went to the Super Bowl. Like it was like so quiet and it was like so many timeouts and so much, uh, you know, pomp and circumstance and the halftime show. It was just like it's drastically different than when you're when you go to like your home team football game. Well, it's, it's a lot a battle, of man. it's a lot of people that that, you know, don't go to ticket holders games. you know they can't they, they probably yeah. you know maybe they can't afford to i mean the cheapest ticket. ticket was like twenty five hundred dollars yeah i thought I it was think I, I think it ended up being like four thousand something so that's you know? not your that's not your average football fan it's really just yeah. all like celebrities and rich people and people that it, just you want know to go and i was surprised though the the stadium seemed pretty damn loud it yeah. sure did. It, it I mean, really they, did and, they and got I, real I was loud very whenever, very, uh, very Dak prescott got the uh walter payton award i'm like Wow. I mean, can you be more despised? I mean, my Eagles goodness, fans. that was a little bit of a I, I, I wasn't a big fan of that moment personally, but that the place was definitely loud. But I think that's the challenge that exists for almost everybody in the event space in this day and age, balancing like your TV product with the live event experience. I've experienced that every time I've gone to a UFC fight out in Las Vegas. I've been to Alina and I have been to like four or five of them, and it really it's. I could make an argument that watching it at home is is better if you're really wanting yeah, to watch that's, it. Yeah, that's kind of the point I was making is that it's almost like a, the Super Bowl is a made-for-TV production. And being there is kind of a different deal, but they know it's the most watched show of the year. They said that the, this, this year's Super Bowl was, I think, the fifth most watched TV show of all time, or might have been third, and the halftime show actually wow. had more viewers than the game itself. So it's like they, they have to gear it toward that. And then, you know, the, the in-person experience, I'm sure, is great, but it's nothing like what they devote resource-wise to the to the TV experience. And the, the only thing that could really come you... close is World Series of Pro Mod as far as signage and resources, <laughs> time devoted to, you know, oh, TV I thought, geez, Louise. I thought, uh, I thought both teams handled themselves very well, you know, um, the week leading up to it and all the interviews and stuff were great. I mean, I mean, these guys were just, I mean, they weren't really chirping much at each other, but the interviews were awesome all week long. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I thought it was just a, I thought it was really well done and congrats to both teams. Really? The, you're right though. The media surrounding that whole event, Fletcher sent me a text that it's like exhausting and overwhelming. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that's all true. 
but it's so necessary because without all of that, I don't think the the game itself, I think it would fall flat. Like you need, and that's lead why the, you need up, all right? that. You need the background stories of all these guys. All, all that Bro, media availability. That's, that's got to be tough because it's like every day of the week, they've got media availability with like the same reporters. And you can almost tell by the end of the week, if you watch all of it, like they're really, they're really struggling for questions and you really get some, some suspect questions being asked and, and everybody's getting a little testy. I think that they asked the Eagles coach, which, which player on your team would you allow to date your daughter? <laughs> and his, he said, he said, are you really asking me that? My daughter is five years old. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, so it's just like some, some really off key, like, reach questions that they end up with because they've got so much availability and I, and I guess the media pool stays the same every week. So by well, the end I'm of it, sure they're like, you, guys, I've answered every question possible. And it's, it, that is a real challenge because, and we talk about, I mean, right here on the show, you, you can't help but regurgitate some content. <laughs> like you're going to say, tell some of the same stories. You're, you're going to tell, you're going to have some of the same perspectives, but you got to keep doing it anyways. You got to keep delivering that message, delivering that message. I think we're going to see, you know, who's really raised the bar as far as drag racing is concerned is Tony Stewart racing. Let's, let's do a couple of, you know, move around the sport here a little bit. Big news earlier this week uh, that uh, McPhillips family racing announced, obviously in conjunction with Tony Stewart racing, that he would be competing in a full season in top alcohol dragster, huge news. And I think the way it was handled kind of reflects exactly what Mike JT and I were just talking about with the Super Bowl is all that media. We see him all over social and they've got pre-done video bits already made and they had a press release distributed to the media first thing, I believe Monday morning. It's all over creation. So huge news. And I think that the more of that we get in our sport, the further along, like it will bring the whole sport with it, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Because, you know, NHRA put together a media day the last several years that leads up to the start of the season, typically the week of the, the season opener, historically in Pomona, California, but this year in Gainesville, Florida. I think that type of stuff's really, really important. Get faces uh, in front of cameras, not just cars. Get some one-liners and some sound bites produced. That stuff's massively important, and I honestly wish, you know, as the World Series of ProMod develops, I feel like we've created a lot of media and we've created a lot of content. I mean, I'm talking, we've generated hundreds and hundreds of pieces of content around the World Series of ProMod here in 2023, but I feel we've just scratched the surface. There's a lot more to go. If we had the resources of some of these major sporting events, holy moly, you guys would really hate me. <laughs> no, we wouldn't, because we'd have more people. Yeah, true, 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 true. Stuff. We would just be kicked back with a drink telling people what to do. Oh my gosh. I love it. If the more off the, the more sound bites and one-liners and quotes we can get from folks, the better. And we we can't get enough of that stuff here. But yeah, it's interesting. The last couple months, I mean, I've been going, I almost feel bad at times because like on the drag illustrated social channels, most of what we're posting is World Series of Promot stuff, but nobody like else that. is really you know, it's, I, it's only I don't like that for a, a couple of it months is. and it's then it's going like to for a few months. Yeah. Then we're going to, you know, go back to our normal program, but, but there's it nothing is, else. No one else is, is creating any content. I know. Very but like, like you said, Tony Stewart, like he was teasing, they were doing that on social, like teasing uh, 14, you know, in his stylized number that he ran. Uh, that was something big was happening on February 14th, which was, which was yesterday when they announced it. And then we've got the NHRA TV, announcement today that they've partnered up with endeavor streaming 
which is a, a well-known streaming partner in they do NBA, NBA UFC, UFC, all kinds of stuff. So they're they're sort of uh, investing more in their content and in their streaming and stuff. So I, I think we're seeing a little bit of a of a turn when it comes to that. I think maybe some of that is the influence of these outside companies um, that have experience in in let's be honest, bigger, more mainstream properties like Tony Stewart, like UFC, NBA, those things. Um, and and I think it'll really if we embrace it, it'll really help drag racing. I think we need some influence from stuff like that. It makes, I had a conversation with Freddie Turza this morning from BP Racing Fuels, and we were talking about he's headed back over uh, to Santa Pod this summer to, to participate, or actually I believe it's in the fall, to participate in some of the FIA door slammer events. And we were just talking about trying to maybe go together. And he, he and I both share this belief system that you've got to go to these events that are outside your wheelhouse. You got to go see how they do it in Europe. You got to go see how they maybe do it in circle track racing or whatever the case may be. It's okay. Like there's a time and place to have blinders on and be laser focused, but it doesn't hurt to, to look around, see what's working in other industries. And to your point, Mike, Tony Stewart's presence, I think Travis Pastrana earlier this, uh, excuse me, late last year, th that was a, another example of how to do it. Bring in all this outside media. You've got camera crews and TV reporters and podcasters and all these different people converging that they, they, prov they provide a really valuable service. You got to have that. You, you got to have it. I mean, it's happening in drag racing slowly, but surely all these podcasts, uh, Stevie fast Jackson and Lyle Barnett have a new podcast that I think is doing really, really well. Fantastic. Last night, every Tuesday night, the power hour via competition plus.com. There's a lot of Monday morning racer. I mean, the, the Courtney Luke, Enders Luke is going to have one. Yeah, Courtney Enders is actually unveiling. I think she's rolling out her podcast first episode this Friday. Yeah, I think she's going to be on at the end of the show to kind of give us a little bit of a tease on it. Well, fantastic. We ought to, you know what we ought to do? You know, I'm what? missing the parade today to be uh, here with you, you guys. What do you think about going? Wow. Yeah, yes. we're we're really shocked, man. This is drinking and beer. I see Mahomes drinking Coors Light. He's already Just, smashed uh, 100 Coors Lights today. Oh, yeah, I guarantee that's you. Your, I dude, mean, I read this goggles story. on. I used to have in high school. I had remember my beer goggles. I used to wear. You know, like I take <laughs> shots with them on. And he's, he's doing school. it now. You know, yeah, high school. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Supposedly, but, Mahomes. You know, Mahomes is legendary for for the amount of Coors Lights he can put away. We drank half a pickup load of of beer. You know, for the Super Bowl. That's how much it took to, That's to get to the Super man. Bowl. Yeah, I was I was pretty impressed with my friends. I read the story back to Mahomes. He was at a comedy club somewhere, and. The comedian was like, "Oh, Mahomes in the in the crowd. I'll, I'll take care of him." I forget the comedian name. I think I saw this on Barstool. And at the end of the show, they're like, oh, "Sir, Mr. Mahomes had 18 Coors Lights during the show." And then, and then Mahomes <laughs> wanted to go out and party with the comedian after the show. No and wonder he, and JT went, likes this guy so much. Oh, yeah. And they went and partied, and he drank like another 12 Coors Lights. <laughs> yeah, while well, they Kel were out. Kelsey's the worst. Like he came back. He came back from from something. And they're and he looked pretty rough. And they're like, "What happened to you last night? Did you get with Travis? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's uh, were you it's out kinda, with Travis? Yeah, it's kind of kind of our deal. You know, that was thing. a good that was a good segment ESPN did. But uh, you know what we ought to do at PRI? I was just thinking we ought to have a big parade. You know, they're having this big parade today. We ought to have a big parade with the World Series of Pro Mod winner, the NHRA winners. No, just the World Series of Pro Mod. Okay. What if we did? I wonder how to do <laughs> well, it. We got to have more than one float. No, we just one, and then lots of one people. float. One okay. float. 
one float, lots of people. You know, I had a conversation with Jeff Stangy <laughs> at Strange Engineering about he was talking about potentially at the PRI show doing like I hope and I'm not like letting the cat out of the bag here. I'm probably gonna get in trouble, but like uh, Strange Island, right? And kind of <laughs> like where it's like a destination <laughs> sounds, at I mean, the show, right? Yeah. And everybody knows like oh, you got to try to get by Strange Island. And at the center of Strange Island would be the car of the winner of the World Series of Pro Month, right? Wouldn't that be dope? And that like becomes part of the award system. You know, when you win the World Series of Pro Mod, yeah, you get a hundred grand. You're on the cover of Drag Illustrated. All the, you know, all this pomp and circumstance. But you also know that your car is going to be on, you know, front and center at Strange Island at the PRI show. I, I really. What, like what do you think, of Mike? Come on. What do you think of when you hear Strange Island? I, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, that's what I thought. I thought it was a pun or whatever when you first oh, saw it. No, it's just it's not. It's it's, it's strange. PRI is kind of a Strange Island in itself. <laughs> it's a strange place for sure. And I come home sick every year. So, yeah. I mean, I think most of the, most of the population of the motorsports industry goes home with the PRI flu or whatever PRI COVID. It's yeah. pretty weird. Yeah. You know, the last time the chiefs won the super bowl and we had a race, the world got shut down. <laughs> Just throwing that <laughs> oh, we're, out there. We're headed there again. Yeah, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. We threw a race, and well, we got UFOs, weather yeah, balloons, yeah, yeah. There's a lot <laughs> going on in the world right now, man. Yeah, I well, watched some let's... UFO show last night, and oh boy, and I was Good like, timing. "Wow!" I mean, like, why have I not heard of any of this? I watched <laughs> I the UFO the show news, yesterday. But they it was. Uh, it was just the news. It was just ABC News or whatever. <laughs> it's just the news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, no joke, uh, yeah. Dude. Wow. Oh my gosh. All right, guys. Hey, let's, we got to get back on track here. We're actually five minutes behind schedule now. So let's, uh, let, let's set the stage for the second annual drag illustrated awards. This is a, it's become a real big deal really fast. We were kind of all, I think a touch, you, you never know how things are going to be received. We roll out the first ever drag illustrated awards, the inaugural drag illustrated awards, uh, Ryan Martin on the cover of drag illustrated, uh, this massively well-received uh, 15 categories, all sorts of nominees. I think each category had five or six nominees, and people really reacted extremely well. All of our customers and advertising participants or advertising clients around the world rallied around this and changed their artwork and things like that for their ads in the magazine to reflect the customers and clients that they had that were either nominated for award or ended up winning one. So, uh, Mike, JT, I mean, how important is this? Mike, you're, you're a lifelong racer. You've, you've fought this battle. Um, it, it, it helps to get a little bit of validation, right? I mean, in drag racing, it's extremely expensive. You work your ass off day in, day out, long, long trips, late nights, early mornings. The least you can do is pat these guys on the back and, and let them know that someone's paying attention and, and kind of validate those efforts. Yeah. And I mean, it's another one of our lists. It's a, an objective list that or not objective, subjective that, or maybe which I'm not sure which, that, which one that is, but subjective, subjective. Yeah. I always get those two screwed up. So, do but I. yeah, it's uh, our opinion. It's not based on fact. It's not, or it's not based on records or uh, cut and dry numbers. It's our opinion on, these guys and some of these things you just can't quantify some of these awards uh influencer of the year uh moment of the year story of the year these things are are things that we get together and talk about as a team that we believe and kind of put some words behind it put some facts behind it rather than again like invites for world series of pro mod or 30 under 30 it's not 
race wins. It's not records. Uh, we have a different set of criteria. So um, always polarizing, always controversial. But some of these awards, some of these people would not get recognized in this way if it weren't for these awards. Yeah, I agree. I th- and, I, and I love it. It's it's uh, it, but in the same token, um, it's something that that we put our name on and we'll get scrutinized for it. And, you know, people will be mad at us and some people will be happy with us. But, you know, nobody else is out there doing it and nobody else wants to put their neck on the line to give these people some props. Um, I just I let Mike make all my picks. So if you don't like it, yep. like I said, you know, um, no, that applies actually, to everything I, we do. Yeah, 30 I, into actually, 30. I use my uh, magic eight ball to, to make most of my picks. So I, the thing <laughs> I like to remind people of is that it's never any of these decisions are never made with like malice at right? all. I mean, we're not going into any of these things, whether it's the Drag Illustrated Awards, whether it's the World Series of Pro Mod, whether it's the 30 under 30, all these various things are women of power issue that's coming up next month. All these things, none of the decisions, that's another there's one. no, that's all we no do. We just give ourselves made. these hard yeah. things, all the, these hard lists to make all the time. Very it's, difficult. It's, it's very challenging. But it's part of, we feel that that is what really makes Drag Illustrated unique, is that we're willing to call our shot, live with the consequences, and it is. It's a very necessary thing. As a person who's dedicated my entire life to the sport of drag racing, I know I talk to these men and women almost every single day of my life, and I know how much a little bit of validation means to them. It's, this isn't a sport, for the most part, where you're going to go out and make a bunch of money, right? You're going to spend a ton earn a little. You're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to have an adventure of a life. There's all these benefits to it. No doubt. You're going to be part of an incredible community of people, but it will try you over the years. And I think that that's why things like the Drag Illustrated Awards are so important. I'm very proud of it. And again, whenever we make these lists, whenever we create these nominees, there's almost always someone that would probably deserve to be in the conversation or perhaps gets overlooked. But I remind folks, we probably have them in our conversations too, you know, like, you know, and, and And it's important to look at the nominees too. And I think that's when we do the layout in the magazine and when we talk about it today, that it's not just the winner, take a look at the nominees and you'll see the, how tough it was to select the winner out of these four, five, six nominees in some of these categories. Some of them, some of them are obvious. Some of them are so blatant while other ones are hotly debated. I mean, we've had some very heated conversations amongst our team about who deserves to to get one of these awards. And and I I just think that I'm proud of it. And I appreciate all the interest and enthusiasm, everybody that participates in it, all the racers that take the time to be interviewed for a story, uh, show excitement about either winning an award or getting nominated. It means a lot to us. So thank you guys for that. And I guess, no, and lastly, and, and just, before we, when, oh, when you're so proud of this, you know, when it cut, rolls out, you know, and then people just, just bag on you the whole time. And Dude, that's because all, all it comes school, from passion. That's what I was going to say. It's not, this isn't political. It's not, we're not trying to choose sides. We're not trying to choose favorites. It really, yep. the reason why we kind of subject ourselves to the scrutiny of these lists is because we're so passionate about it and we feel that it, it needs to be done and that, and that we can do it. And, and kind of take the criticism. So it really it, re- it comes from a place and of need to, And people need to remember that. You know, if, if you are upset about it or something, reach out to us, you know, throw, the, throw their hat, you know, name in the hat for the next yeah. year or whatever. But remember, you know, you know, we're trying to do something good for the racers. You know, whether it be... We're not even trying. We are. Yeah. These things are good this, for the guy after our party or whatever. We're trying to do something that's good for the people, for the sport. You know, and, and remember that, you know, that we're trying over here. And, you know, if, if uh, you know, there's probably a lot of people out there that have started things and they got sick of, 
of people just bagging on them all the time and they quit doing it, you know, and then there yep. isn't somebody's you know giving these guys props so the, remember the, that perhaps one of the most significant parts of this award uh show and these these awards in general that i'm i'm personally proud of is again part of the drag illustrated credo and is that anybody who's ever rolled through the water box done a burnout rolled up and lit that top and bottom bulb you, you're our kind of guy or gal drag illustrated is is about the sport of drag racing as a whole, no matter where you fit into that, we've been trying to paint a wide swath here for almost 20 years. And, and we are not, we're not bound by any sanctioned series manufacturer. And that's something we're especially proud of. And this list in many instances is the only time you'll see some of these names mentioned alongside one another. Very few other places where you see a PDRA, you know, up and coming racer compared to a, a, a championship contending NHRA top fuel racer. Very rarely does that happen. Normally, uh, those people operate kind of in different communities, different ecosystems. And I'm really proud of the fact that we make, we lump everybody together. If you're a drag racer, by God, that that's enough for me. I don't care if you're a bracket racer, a big tire racer, a radial racer, a no prep racer, wh whatever your contribution or your involvement in the sport of drag racing is, it's significant to us. So without any further ado, guys, let's, uh, let's dive into this first. Let's say, We've let's say also this down uh, before we categories of five. Yeah. Before one, before we get started the full list, the full issue going live tonight uh, around 8 PM Eastern, you'll be able to check out the full issue. It'll be a mailboxes probably starting end of next week, start of the following week. So, uh, Check it out. We're going to talk a lot about it today, but if you want to read the full stories, the new the new issue will be out later today. So to to begin, this is one that uh, we find especially interesting. The 2023, uh, excuse me, 2022 Influencer of the Year nominees included Clay Milliken, Garrett Cletus McFarlane Mitchell, Alex Laughlin, Chris Boosted GT Hamilton, and our winner. The one and only out doing her deal on sick week as we speak, Alex Taylor. Guys, I don't know that there's a person more fitting. Uh, everybody that we mentioned there, Clay Milliken has done a fantastic job with his YouTube channel the last few years, growing rapidly. What more can be said about Cletus, right? Garrett Mitchell and everything that he's done with the Cletus McFarland brand, fan, uh, Freedom Factory, various racing events, Cletus in cars. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, the 24 hours or 24, what is it? 24, 24, uh, hours of lemons. Is, is that his deal? Lemons. Yeah. Lemullets is what it Lemons. is. Well, it's not 24 yeah. hours. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like maybe like 22. Oh, it's the 2.4 hours of Lemullets. Yeah. Um, Alex Laughlin, Chris boosted GT Hamilton. Uh, it, it's crazy. The following that, that Chris Hamilton has, despite not being a, a regular participant, simply by being something of the circus master there on street outlaws, no prep Kings has built a cult like following and a hyperactive social media following at that. But, He's well respected uh, too. Laughlin, in, in that, very in that. well respected. Yeah. Yeah, very. What what more can you guys say about Alex Taylor? I think she's very deserving of this. Her presence on Motor Trend TV, the Hot Rod Garage show. Uh, we've seen her behind the wheel of a, an RVW car last year, well into the threes at over 200 miles per hour in the eighth mile. She's, I think, stacked up three six-second passes in a row this week on six, sick week, all over 200 miles per hour. Th this is a rock star in the making, if you ask me. I think she's already a rock star, man. She was uh, on our list last year. I think it, it 
our finalists or it was very close when we made our final decision. I believe Leah was our winner last year. Um, but since then, I think Alex has continued the trajectory that she was on and she continues to become more of a star. She's on TV. She's on hot rod. Uh, she's on every, she's really everywhere you look, every brand seems to want to be associated with her. Uh, and that takes a lot of work and she's willing to do it and get out there. Um, we were at PRI and I was doing the, the new product judging at PRI and who's there with like this massive notebook. I mean, she's taking this extremely seriously, like taking notes on all these products and, and ranking them and just like giving everything she's got to uh, select these products. And you just think how much can this, this person do, but she's, she's out there working. She, she does it uh, for a living, I guess at this point. So, um, you know, kudos to her for being able to continue on, continue to uh, increase your your uh, status, and and put in the work that it takes. To me, that's again the the criteria when I'm looking at it is consistency and and how hard and how willing you're able or how hard you're able to work at it and how willing you are to be available for the brands that support you. And uh, she continues to do that. And, and it's still it's such, a, it's such a young age at this point as well. So uh, she's got a lot of road in front of her, and it'll be interesting to see where her career goes from here. Yet she's another shining example of the fact that you can achieve stardom in the racing space without being a, a nitro racer, without being in top fuel and funny car. And I think that's a, a, an important message to drive home to folks because for the longest time that it has been nitro or bust. If you want to make a difference, if you want to break through and, and be a needle mover in drag racing, you're going to need to find your way into a funny car, into a top fuel car, or perhaps a pro stock car. She is making waves by way of drag and drive competition, by way of uh, these project cars and builds in her garage. I mean, it all started with an orange 68, 67 first gen Camaro uh, that she was racing when she was 15, 16 years old. So huge, uh, a shining example of, of how to do it right. And uh, huge congratulations to Alex Taylor, her dad, Dennis Taylor, sister Megan. I mean, the whole team, uh, mom, the, the whole group, incredible family, great racing family. She's a, uh, she's waving the flag, you know, for, for motorsports and, you can kind of see, uh, you know, when, when Cletus first started, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of similar, you know, he started out and he was going to all the, the streetcar takeover things. And then, you know, little by little, he grew on that. And I can kind of see that with Alex Taylor, like she's, she's doing all these different things, you know, throughout motorsports. And, you know, in the, in the end, it just helps everybody out and she's doing a great job. It takes a lot of time to put that much content out as well. Yeah, and she's stayed the course, man. That's the thing. Consistency is the ultimate difference maker when it comes to content creation in general, in my opinion. is It's being there all the time, one after another, after another, after another. She's always cranking out videos, creating content. So kudos to Alex Taylor and company. Our next category, this was one of the ones that were somewhat hotly contested uh, internally here at Drag Illustrated. Our 2022 Drag Illustrated Rivalry of the Year nominees included Robert Height and Matt Hagen. And Ron Caps, kind of a three-way battle there, uh, Titans of the Funny Car category, Lyle Barnett and J.R. Gray, which really got heated uh, toward the end of 2022 at the Snowbird Outlaw Nationals when those guys went head-to-head -head on Friday night under the lights for $10,000. Matt Smith versus Joey Gladstone, championship battle that came down to uh, the very last uh, race of the season. An ongoing rivalry that I think is perhaps one of the most, the healthiest 
uh, and most exciting in all of drag racing and that of Elite Motorsports and KB Racing, two titans uh, as well of the pro stock world. Todd Tuttero and Melanie Salemi, a, a rivalry that we've seen develop over the years. It seems like somehow, some way, it almost there that matter that matchup ends up making a difference. So, uh, our winner in 2022, however, and this is one uh, that I, I'm anxious to get y'all's perspective on: Ryan Martin and Kai Kelly. This uh, perhaps one of the only categories where we really have a strong presence uh, from the No Prep Kings contingent. But this this is a real a real serious rivalry. Number one and two in the points, I believe, Mike, what, the last three years in a row? Yeah, and, and that, I, to me, that's what sold it, is the fact that this has been a one-two finish for three years in a row and probably dates back years prior to that. So that, that to me, that makes it a true rivalry. Agreed. Uh, what's your take on it, T? I know that you had uh, you were big on the Joey Gladstone versus Matt Smith. Yeah. Uh, also, the pro stock rivalry. It's it's no secret you're a big Erica Ender fan, as are all we, all as we all are. That red and blue <laughs> operation there in pro stock, right? It, it's yeah, a it's rivalry awesome, right? for the ages. It is. It's but, it's just yeah, it is. But but you know when you look at no prep kings, if you want to see, you know there, there's a there's a large amount of the fan base that don't want to see. Ryan Martin win every week. And, you know, probably you're probably the person that's in line to maybe take that crown from him, you know, is Kai Kelly. And I think that's why it's so tight. And, you know, they both put in a lot of work. So uh, I, I get it. And, and I think it's a great robbery because you've got to have, you got to have competition there or it's not much of a show, you yeah. know, I mean, and, and Kai is switching combinations this year from everything we've heard to, to try to uh, catch up or, or beat Ryan Martin, whether you agree with that or not, whether you think that, you know, nitrous can't keep up with these other combinations. I would say the fact that he finished uh, second on that many years, years in a row. a row would say that he's got that deal pretty figured out, but that maybe would be the interesting less work to see. Though, right? Maybe, maybe <laughs> nitrous is for, well, all of drag we say drag racing is for people that love work and hate money but that is, is especially true for nitrous racing <laughs> right but yeah it's uh it, it's been a, an interesting rivalry and i also think there's so much on the line you got tv exposure you've got all this i mean the the financial implications over there at mpk are big and yeah. between they, they every race be overstated that, I mean, that ryan you... wins versus kai doesn't win or you know, championship. I don't know what the championship actually pays out, but I know just the per race uh, winnings alone. And then what that can do to your TV time, what that can do to your merchandise Merch. sales. Yep. yep. So a lot on the line with that rivalry. And a large majority of the people that are participating in no prep Kings, these are people that have rapidly become full-time racers. These aren't, you know, they don't have big businesses or medium-sized businesses that they're operating through the week. Most of them have had to accept their role as a as a full-time television star, a full-time racer. So you're right. I mean, it's it, it's, it's unique and good for them for finally getting Oh, it's fantastic. You know, maybe being able to do that because, you know, at first they, they they weren't getting paid a lot and they were putting it all in the line and they had to have that car ready. And they were getting peanuts. And if they got edited out, you know, they got edited out. That's just the way it goes. And so it, it is pretty cool that these guys have, you know, really put a, put a stamp on it. And Sledgehammer and Motorsports says the championship pays a hundred grand. So that's on that, top that'd of work, all the winners. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that'd work. Well, I mean, there's all sorts of, I mean, it, it, you won't have to work very hard to figure out the kind of money that Ryan Martin won 
not what not appearance money, not merchandise sales, but what he won in 2022. It's a significant number. And I go back, if you walk through the pits of pretty much any other pro level drag race, they're comprised not entirely, but by and large by people that are racing as a secondary endeavor. It's obviously at a professional level, but it's something that they do along with run their business, along with their high powered job. Not the case. Mike, you made a really, uh, I, I thought it was a, it resonated with genius. Me for, Go ahead. Say it. Yeah, genius. genius. Here he says, says Ryan won $420,000 last year. There you have it guys. I mean, you would have to win. Not to mention probably selling close to yeah. that in merch and yeah, merch. who knows what yeah. else. Yeah. Oh, just the, the numbers, just the contract with discovery on top of that as well. Well, going back to the, we went to the MPK event down here at the Texas Motorplex, Mike, last fall. And I remember you telling me, uh, I hadn't gotten out to the track yet. And we were talking on the phone. I think I was driving out and you said something to the effect of, you can cut the tension out here with a knife. And it's unique because that TV time and jockeying for position and not wanting to get like voted off the island and knowing that you are there solely because someone chose to have you there, right? Like you were welcomed into this world and everybody is very cognizant of staying on the island i mean we were talking about islands. i'm not so sure they wanted the us to be there that's what i was feeling too <laughs> like you know is because normally we're just everyone's glad to see us there you know they we're we're trying to elevate everyone's event and it's kind of like the feeling like i ain't so sure what these guys are doing here you know I, i'm we got our deal going over here we're not sure we need you guys that's kind of very protective of yeah, it yeah. and i i get it i mean if you Think about what we just said and the amount of money that's at stake and the visibility. I, I go back. I had a meeting earlier this week and, and Justin Swanstrom came up and we were talking about Justin and what he's been able to accomplish. Look at the brand that he's built. I mean, he had a lot of momentum going into No Prep Kings for sure, but that exposure and that platform has really turned him into a, a well-known commodity in drag racing. I, I had multiple reports from the U.S. Street Nationals at Bradenton Motorsports Park a few weeks ago that he was selling merch like it was going out of style, and he didn't qualify for the race. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, he didn't qualify for the race. I mean, he's slinging shirts like the like they're you know they're going to stop making them. It, it's a really incredible thing. So it's it's no wonder the the level of competition and and the desire to be a part of that is what it is. Yep. Eric says we're welcome in his pits whenever he gets back oh, healthy. That's awesome. my man. We'll be there. Um, well, hey, this this next uh, award, we actually chose not to, as a group to even uh, announce any other nominees, to be totally honest. We decided that we were going to just give all the kudos to a, a single group of people with our brand new Drag Illustrated Story of the Year Award, which we have given to... Uh, kind of a, a group of people, Travis Pastrana, Alex Laughlin, and Scott Palmer collectively. Without question, one of the biggest news stories of 2022 when it comes to drag racing was Travis Pastrana giving it a go behind the wheel of a top fuel dragster. Well documented at this point, a combined effort between Alex Laughlin and Scott Palmer to make this happen. Uh, eventually, Tony Stewart and Leah Pruitt got involved to help with some coaching and guidance on the day of, but a really, really incredible moment for the sport of drag racing garnered worldwide attention. And I think kind of continued this trend of getting some outsiders over here on this side of the fence and, and, and sticking a toe in these shark infested waters and then preaching the gospel of drag racing. How valuable do you think that moment was guys? I mean, for me, it seemed really big to have this guy that's 
sponsored by Black Rifle Coffee and Subaru and has had all this success in various motorsports, offshore boat racing, supercross, freestyle, motocross. You name it, he can wheel it. Yeah. You name it, he's done it and done it well. But to see him dive into to drag racing, especially at the level of top fuel, and then speak so fondly of the experience and how intense it was, how intimidating it was, those those are valuable sound bites. Those are valuable quotes from a true sports icon, all of which spoke highly of the sport of drag racing. Huge victory for what it's worth. This was awesome. It was, uh, it was, you know, the colliding of all different types of motorsports, you know, with Travis Pastrana and then Tony Stewart coming in, you know, and then that brings you the NASCAR fans and, and the, you know, sprint and then, and then the drag racing and you got Scott Palmer who's loved by like everybody, right. You know, he's like the drag racers, drag racer. <clears throat> so, I mean, it just couldn't get any bigger. And we got to make sure we give uh, some flowers to Scott Palmer, Crystal, the whole team over there, Rick, everybody that's involved with that operation, because people don't realize that wasn't a situation where a big check was stroked by a sponsor for this to happen. Right. This was literally Scott Palmer taking his life's work, all these parts and pieces and equipment, uh, a several hundred thousand dollar race car that is lethal right? A very dangerous machine and saying, Hey man, here's the keys, hop in it. Let's make sure you're comfortable. Give it a go. So Scott Palmer being willing to do that. It was great. All the connections that were made and everybody else Alex, that got involved, yeah, yeah. but man, to see Scotty and company, the people's that's champ, the, as we like to call him, that's the second ballsiest thing that he did all year. The first ballsiest was letting you warm it up. It yeah, is. true. Yeah. And then I think I it's whacked the scary. throttle too hard. Like he told me to stomp on the pedal, right? And I'm thinking I'm going to channel my inner Clay Milliken and I'm going to stomp on the loud pedal. And I remember when I whacked the throttle, I hit it pretty hard. And his eyes lit up. He goes, ooh. You know, and I was like, I broke it. That's just seen mine. Life. Yeah, you just seen all of ours. We, well, we were tearing up by that point. Yeah. Um, but like, well, this it, thing is violent. Yeah. <laughs> can we, if we can jump around, because I think that these two awards like tie together a little bit because you, you mentioned Tony Stewart and the fact that he was there and he was uh, a part of the, not necessarily the setup and, and getting every getting Travis Pastrana interested in and in, and to the track, but once he realized what was going on, uh, he kind of jumped in and lended what he believed to be, you know, his relative newcomer experience to drag racing to Travis Pastrana, and that just goes hand in hand with another award that we have. And, and Wes, I'll let you do the intro on this, and is another reason why I that. I'm 100% on board with Tony Stewart earning one of our other awards as well. Yeah, you, you caught me off guard, but you're 100% Sorry. right. I, some I felt like it here. just had to be talked no, about in the same You're breath. right. There's some correlation here. One of our other awards that uh, we're especially proud of here at Drag Illustrated is our special award for ambassadors to the sport of drag racing. And this is historically, I mean, I guess the history uh, runs about a year deep, but this is really designed for people that are ongoingly singing the praises of drag racing and trying to share the message and truly serving as ambassadors, people that are going out and trying to bring people to the sport, uh, spread positivity and optimism about the sport of drag racing. It's very easy to, to round up some doom and gloom. It's very easy to find some shortcomings that exist in the sport of, dra of, sport of drag racing. It's a different challenge. It's a little harder to, to do the work to find the, the, the good things, right? To find the positives that are happening. There are, there are several of them, but you got to look for them sometimes and you got to be wary of where you're looking. 
And I, and I think that uh, that's why this award is so important. Our nominees for 2022 Drag Illustrated Ambassador uh, of the Sport go to uh, Antron Brown, uh, very deserving. All the work that he did in 2022 on behalf of the RPM Act, SEMA, and PRI. John Sears, founder of the X275 category and kind of a rule maker of all rule makers. He's got, uh, he wears a lot of hats. He works for the PDRA. He works for the World Series of Promot, works for Donald Long and all the Duck X uh, events in Valdosta and Orlando. Uh, Joe Costello, quick, the voices of the NHRA, a uh, fantastic human being that is always preaching the gospel of drag racing. PR and media specialist Elon Warner uh, and who uh, a young lady that will join us here a little bit later in the show, Courtney Enders uh, of FlowRacing.com and Elite Motorsports. But the award goes to Tony Stewart. Mike, uh, you're right. I don't know that we can say enough. To be honest, we could probably spend the rest of the show talking about the impact that Tony Stewart's presence has had here in drag racing. Yeah. And the experience with Travis Pastrana was just one of those. Uh, but again, we got the word on Tuesday that he's running a full, uh, full schedule in top alcohol dragster this year. And you were part of a meeting earlier this week where that actually came up, um, with a mainstream, uh, a mainstream company. So it's, uh, something that we we're starting to, or maybe have always taken for granted. And we were worried at first about what's, what's Tony Stewart, what's his end game, what's this going to mean for drag racing. And again, we've talked about it before at every step, he's done it the right way. And he's done what appears to us to be the right thing for drag racing. And uh, the fact that he's not jumping right into a top field car, the fact that he's sort of stepping up into what is, you know, obviously the, training grounds for anyone that wants to go to top fuel, which I fully expect to see as a 2024 announcement that he's running a full NHRA top fuel schedule. I'll, I'll just go ahead and throw that out there and, and predict that. Well, and while what you're that, talking about what happens next, I think you got to run yeah. it all the way back like two, three years ago when he first started dabbling. I remember the story that broke him choosing not to get his NHRA top fuel license. I mean, obviously the, the financial wherewithal is there to pull it off, to rent a car, to put a team together, but he chose not to because he thought it would be, it would smack disrespectful to all the people that had spent their entire lives trying to work up to that moment. He opted not to get his NHRA top fuel license initially because he wanted to put in his time and he wanted to earn it. And I think that says a tremendous amount about the man's character and, and what this whole experience means to him. He's not and, and about drag racer. We yeah. talk about that it's too easy. It looks too easy. And and people that on the outside don't understand the complexities of drag racing. But once he got in there and, and saw some of it, a guy that's been around racing and knows the ins, ins and outs, he said, all right, I got to take a step back. We, I got to do this the right way. This thing is this, like he told Travis Pastrana, I think we heard him say it in person. This thing will kill you. And so he had the utmost respect for it, the utmost respect for the sport, everyone in it. Um, the traditions and someone of his stature to come in and not just everybody get out of the way. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do, uh, like make it his playground. And he's actually, he, he talked in his press release about uh, everyone embraced him in the top alcohol ranks, like family and that the whole sport of drag racing feels like family. It's uh, all these things, whether, whether you want to believe it or not, or you think it's just PR fluff. I, I truly believe these are, 
things that that he believes and that will continue to see him prove with the way he's doing things. So I could be more impressed with it. Um, and and it may seem like, oh, we're you know, we're clout chasing or whatever by putting Tony in this award. But I think that no one deserves it over the last two years more than this guy. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you pretty much covered it all. But his presence, as you mentioned, I was part of a meeting earlier this week with a company that has no drag racing background whatsoever. And one of the first things that was mentioned was like, well, we read this morning that Tony Stewart is going to go drag racing full time this year, going to drive a car himself. And I'm like, wow, it just it, it, it reminded me of the needle mover. I use that phrase a lot, but the just needle the reach mover that of Tony his, Stewart really is. Yeah, his his email distribution list alone who all does that include that your typical nhra team or nhra press release isn't going out to and it reaches companies like the one you're mentioning which are just huge um maybe not for you know the everyday racer but for the, the health of the sport as a whole and for trying to grow it and and allow it to become more mainstream those are the, the little death by a thousand cuts that get us there I couldn't agree more, man. Um, and before we move into our next couple of categories, I do want to take a, a second here and remind everybody that each and every episode of the West Buck Show is made possible by way of our friends at Stroud Safety. Stroud Safety is known for their top quality racing safety equipment from drag chutes and seat belts to fire suits, gloves and blankets, all 100% made in America. Log on to StroudSafety.com today and make sure you tell them we sent you. Mike, we've uh, we've got to we've got to turn up the speed here. We you were trying we were trying to do the show a little shorter today, and by goodness, it's going to take all the everything we've got to to blow through uh, about a dozen more categories. Uh, a couple here that I'd like to cover. Uh, moment of the year. This is another one of these subjective ones that there are so many nominees. We could have probably came up with 50 individual significant moments that happened in the sport of drag racing in 2022, but our nominees included Greg Anderson's 100th win at the NHRA U.S. Nationals, really iconic moment, Antron Brown winning Pro 275 at the Snowbird Outlaw Nationals, Bob Locke's win at the NHRA Finals and Super Gas Championship, as well as our winner, of the Drag Illustrated Moment of the Year, Ron Capp's championship run. I think that performance there at the end of the season really sealed the deal, the way he handled himself at Pomona. It, this is a, that's a run that's going to be talked about for a long, long time. No doubt. It was the run to qualify him number one that was the, the moonshot and then and put him in position to set up for Sunday and then to go out there Sunday and do what had to be done. And even in the final Almost round, we talked about it. And running it all the way out in the final round to I believe he won by seven points. So he needed every single one of those rounds and the qualifying points for it to all line up like that. I mean, Ron is a racer's racer, and we've seen some moments like that. The, to me, the closest thing I can think of is the run with Tony Schumacher and all that it took for him to get that championship. And this is, the I, I think, the closest we've come to that since the run. And to see Ron get a championship that way, I think was just awesome. And anyone that's been around the sport, been around Nitro, uh, as long as Ron has, he deserves it. 100%. And to go out the way he did, uh, I mean, if, if we could have won that final round, I mean, I think it would have added a little bit of sizzle to it. But the way he ran that car almost all the way down the guard wall there at the Fairplex in Pomona uh, and, and legged it down as far as he possibly could, fighting for an event win. And I think it's that kind of mentality. It's that kind of ferocity. 
that put him in a position to win a world championship and uh, perhaps nobody more deserving of the Drag Illustrated moment of the year than Ron Caps, man. Uh, moving right along, Mike, uh, another highly contested category in the DI Awards 2022 Track of the Year. This is a very meaningful one. So many racetracks in our country uh, that are doing extremely well. The effort, the energy, the investment that is required uh, not for the faint of heart. And many of the men and women that, that uh, own these facilities, operate these facilities, it is, uh, it's truly a labor of love. There's certainly a financial reward for the, for the best and brightest, but it is something that most people choose to do because they want to do it. Uh, it's a labor of love. It's a, it's a passion-driven endeavor. Our nominees in 2022, Maple Grove Raceway, the legendary Texas Motorplex, Summit Motorsports Park, Virginia Motorsports Park, Extreme Raceway Park just outside of Dallas down here in the great state of Texas, and our winner for 2022 Drag Illustrated Track of the Year, Bradenton Motorsports Park. Mike, BMP, Vic Alvarez, it probably sounds like a little bit of home cooking because we have a relationship with Vic Alvarez, Gavin Carter, and the team, Wade Rich, everybody involved with that incredible facility, but it really came down, in my opinion, to the investment. Not only did they have a slew of incredible events in 2022, new grandstands, million dollars worth of concrete racing surface, uh, the investment in the facility coupled with the action at that facility, I think made it something of a shoe in. Yeah. And, and at this point, I think that they've swept all of our awards that kind of surround this. We got, uh, I think Victor was our promoter of the year last year. Yes, uh, Snowbirds was the race of the year. And then now we've got Bradenton with track of the year. And if you love pro mod and you love door car racing, you know, what more can you say about what they've done over the last few years? And possibly the biggest of all of those door car events hasn't even happened yet. When we roll in with world series of pro mod, uh, here in less than three weeks. So what, what, um, what blows my mind, I think, and one of the things that I'm especially proud of is how it's, uh, or, or not, or fond of, I guess is actually a better way to say it, is it's done with enthusiasm. It's done with a smile on their face. So often you hear about a track owner that's had to make investments, right? That, that, uh, it's that old needs versus wants. Like they need to do an update. So they do, they need to fix a, a yeah, they most, <laughs> you, you know how it is. Most tracks yeah. needed to do those updates 20 years ago. And then finally it happens just cause it's a right. tough business. No, absolutely. And, and I'm and not, it's, not it's usually reactive anybody. instead yeah. of proactive, but to, to see, see these proactive. guys do it with a smile on their face and say, Hey, Nobody was complaining about the racetrack in Bradenton, Florida, right? right. But by God, we're going to bulldoze this thing, tear it all out and pour brand new concrete. I think it just says a lot about the people involved. And again, doing it with a smile on their faces, doing it because they want to do it, being proactive instead of reactive to your point, Mike, really made it an easy choice for us here at Drag Illustrated to name Bradenton Motorsports Park our 2022 Drag Illustrated Track of the Year. So um, let's uh, move on into our next batch of awards. This is when it starts to get uh, exciting, right? Not that they haven't all been, but these are some of the more hotly contested and followed online awards that we do. Uh, we're going to jump in here to a batch of about five awards in this next segment. Let's start along the same lines, Mike, facilities and the people that run them. The 2022 Promoter of the Year nominees are Victor Alvarez, Bill Bader Jr., Donald Long, Tyler Crossno, Tom Bailey, and the winner, 
the Drag Illustrated 2022 Promoter of the Year, co-awarded to Jason and Chris Miller, promoters and producers of the World Cup Import vs. Domestic Finals there at Maryland International Raceway. Mike, I think you'll echo these sentiments, but two guys that really set the standard in the way these events are run, the way they're organized, the attention to detail. The fanfare is no secret at this point, perhaps the best attended independent drag race in North America uh, and had a banner year in 2022. Those photos of the grandstands overflowing with people sold out weeks in advance, people coming from all points of the globe, circulated the internet Tens and tens of thousands of people on the property for this race. Quarter mile outlaw door car action. A really special event, and I'm genuinely proud to have the opportunity to to give a little love to Jason and Chris Miller. Yeah, these guys have been doing it right for a long time. The longevity of this event, I think, has helped uh, build the prestige of it. Now, it's one of the few uh, independent quarter mile races left in the in the country. Uh, they even added, I think, some Street Outlaws exhibition runs to this year's yeah. event. Uh, like I've always said, I, I walk around here in Mooresville, North Carolina, where there's a lot of racing stuff going on. And, I, and I'll tell you, I see more World Cup t-shirts, souvenir t-shirts worn by people in in the grocery store, things like that. You're doing something right when, when that's making its way all the way back down here to North Carolina. And if you ask anyone, like we, we've had a lot of good conversations with Victor Alvarez, Tyler Crossno, a lot of people on this list, they'll tell you that everyone looks to those guys to, you know, how, how did the Millers do it? We've even looked at some of this stuff as one of the largest independent races in the country. How, how do they structure this? How does this work? How do they handle this? And so uh, everyone, they've got the experience at this point and, and a lot of experienced people in the industry look to them uh, to sort of set the standard. So very deserving. And uh, what more can you say? I think you point, I point to things like the domain name. I mean, importversedomestic.com. Can you imagine the amount of foresight that it took nearly 30 years ago? Right. Yeah, what's in that a, domain a, worth now? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, the thought that went into this 30 years ago, an event that's going into its 27th year. I mean, Jason Miller was a young man, I'm sure, when this idea, I know, when this idea popped into his head. And I think I really. I'm inc I'm incredibly impressed by the commitment. 27 years through thick and thin. We, I mean, most recently, a global pandemic uh, found ways to pivot. They rolled out their home run, der their Hail Mary Derby uh, during uh, downtime that kind of the entire sport was experiencing during the COVID pandemic. Just an incredible commitment. The amount of sponsors that are involved with this event, the payouts, the purses, the effort that goes into the rules. Really, really impressive operation uh, from top to bottom. Uh, and it, it's no surprise. Maryland International Raceway, long since known as a facility that uh, is home to a lot of uh, high-level, world-class events. And I, I think this is a very fit, two guys that really deserve this award. Let's uh, move on into the next category. Another one, hotly contested, Mike. Uh, this one was, uh, this was perhaps one of the more difficult ones. There was a couple of obvious ones. Uh, but hard to make the ultimate decision for the 2022 Drag Illustrated Tuner of the Year. Nominees included Todd Tuttero, David Grubnick, Mark Ingersoll, Steve Petty, your 2021 winner, and Nitrous Guru Brandon Schweitzer. But the win goes to Jamie Miller. Uh, I, I think this was a... a 
everybody in that conversation right there, everybody that we just mentioned, Mike, uh, definitely a case could be made. Agreed? Uh, I think you can't, uh, you can't deny Todd Tuttero the amount of cars that he has his hands on at this point in time is hard to fathom. What David Grubnick's been able to do with Brittany Force and that Monster Energy Drink Flavor Pack Top Fuel Dragster, Mark Ingersoll, I would say widely recognized as one of the smartest crew chiefs on the planet Earth. A banner year with Erica Enders and that Elite Motorsports team out of Winniewood, Oklahoma. Steve Petty, a bit of a dynasty uh, when it yeah, comes what, to what more can you race say about cars. Him? What more can you say? And Brandon Schweitzer, my Same. goodness, the, the footprint he has in high-level door car racing, specifically nitrous cars, there's hardly a competitive high uh, front running nitrous car on the planet that uh, doesn't have something that Brandon Schweitzer has either touched or created uh, somewhere on the chassis. But very difficult to argue against Jamie Miller. What he did with Chris Thorne in NHRA Pro Mod, which is, you know, we've we've said here uh, on the show many times and on the pages of Drag Illustrated Magazine, NHRA Pro Mod is the final frontier, the last place uh, for the most part to race a car a quarter mile Pro Mod. Uh, highly competitive, the best and brightest the class has to offer, all operate in that space. And to have the season that he did, go out and have the success he had with with uh, Manny Bajinga in, in a variety of different cars, the wins at uh, Bradenton late in the season, it's pretty hard to argue against Jamie Miller. Yeah, I think that that, that last point there where he's, he's helping these guys, these high-level guys in multiple classes, um, and and the championship with Chris Thorne. When we polled our 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 committee on this, the name that came up almost unanimously for this award was Jamie Miller. And I think that he's earned a lot of respect within the industry. I think that uh again, a guy that's been around for quite a while, but has sort of stepped out on his own, stepped out uh, of the shadow there and and established himself as a brand similar to Steve Petty or Brandon Schweitzer. So uh, this year to me, you could go with any of these guys. I mean, you could have given it to Petty again. We could probably give it to him every year for, for the past 20 years and for the next 20 years. But I think this year, Jamie Miller really stood out to us. I would like to add that Jamie Miller is uh... In operates in rare air with his real hands-on ability. We're we're at a time in drag racing as a whole that you know crew chiefs aren't always the guys that are going to get their hands dirty. They do a lot of directing traffic. They do a lot of delegating, and there's no shame in that game. But I do think it's unique when you have a guy like Jamie Miller who, if a header breaks, can bust out a welder and fix it. Um, if needed, if need be, could build a car from scratch himself, an extremely talented fabricator that's been able to kind of just add to his skill set year after year after year. And uh, it's a really impressive thing. Congrats to Jamie Miller, the whole team. Uh, his son is probably going to be in the running for this award in the not so distant future. So exciting yep. uh, for that whole camp. Uh, that it's a great segue into our next category, guys, crew of the year. Uh, another one where there's so many people that we could mention for this, but uh, the nominees for 2022 Drag Illustrated Crew of the Year, Wyo Motorsports, the aforementioned Todd Tuttero and company, Brad Schmidt, Ty Tuttero, the whole gang, Elite Motorsports, again nominated for Crew of the Year, fielding you know, a half dozen or more pro stock teams at any given time, Melanie Salemi Motorsports, uh, John Evan, Melanie and company, uh, really did a fantastic job in 2022 of, of having a car that rarely failed, if ever failed uh, Melanie as a driver. 
uh, Ron Caps Motorsports, great team uh, that came together, uh, joined uh, joined up their first year racing together, and won a world championship the first year uh, with Ron Caps Motorsports. McPhillips Family Racing, providing a top alcohol dragster that can basically be driven to the winner's circle by any able-bodied uh, <laughs> driver. Incredible uh, thing that they do and a service they provide our sport. But the winner, perhaps for a singular effort, an overall achievement throughout 2022, but really put a bow on it at the Snowbird Outlaw Nationals at Bradenton to finish the season. Jim Halsey's Pro Nitrous team, the, the Daddy Shark Racing Operation, Kathy Krause, Eric Davis, uh, Brandon Schweitzer, Melissa Schweitzer, the entire team, Jim himself. These are some people that are not afraid to work. And we felt very, 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 very uh, confident in this decision that these guys needed to see their name in lights and be rewarded for what was uh, is one of the most difficult ways to go drag racing, and that's with a pro mod that uh, that that uh, consumes nitrous oxide. Mike, you, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, this is a 2022 award, but these guys have been at it for so long. The cons oh consistency of this team and the experience, I think, is what, to me, stands out. This is a team that you do not want to pull up against Jim Halsey and this crew on race day. They've got so much experience and are willing to work and give that car everything it can take, and they're going to swing a motor between rounds or put a rack in it. I talked to Eric at the uh, PDRA banquet, and what did I tell you? I, I can't remember how many. He told me how many racks they put in the in the motor at Snowbirds to win that event, and it's just an impressive deal, man. And, and it's an uphill battle with nitrous. I think another person, or actually people on this crew that we should mention, Gene Fulton, uh, DI cover star Stacy Hall. This is a this is a group of people that have worked together and been around each other for a very long time and kind of know how they work. Kind of like when a like a NFL team or basketball team that when you know where that person's going to be, what their expertise is, what they where you can jump in and help, it just makes everything uh, work a little bit better. So utmost respect for these guys, and, and I just think that for 2022. Uh, to put on the performance they did with a nitrous car, they were deserving of the award. Agreed wholeheartedly. Uh, moving into our next category, this is another one hotly contested. I guess I could just say that they all have been. The Drag Illustrated 2022 Race of the Year nominees are the World Cup Finals, PDRA Pro Stars, Snowbird Outlaw Nationals, the NHRA Fall Nationals, Norwalk's Legendary Night Under Fire, and the winner a week-long drag-and-drive endeavor that kicked off its uh, what will undoubtedly be a long run of popularity and excitement in 2022, Tom Bailey's Sick Week. We were there on the grounds uh, for Sick Week, the first version. Mike, JT, Nate, we were all down there, a bunch of the Drag Illustrated crew, and I think we've talked all throughout 2022, the events going on as we speak. I don't know that I've ever seen an event in its first year generate the kind of buzz beforehand coupled with the level of ex execution come day of that we saw with sick week not not only was this thing all the talk right the hype was huge but it was deserved you know when it came time to put on an event extremely well done from top to bottom uh, it looked good it ran well it, it, extremely extremely strong production value so our, our 2020 rate 22 race of the year, uh, Tom Bailey stick week, man. Yep. And dragon drive is such a up and coming form 
of drag racing that we're excited about and brings to me a new demographic, a new fan, a new competitor to drag racing. And I think that that to me is a big thing when you're considering this award. Uh, and also like we're seeing this week, a lot of the top names, the fastest cars are already out of competition, but the event continues on and you sort of get these names. I mean, Alex Taylor, some of the other bigger names are still in there, but more than likely you're going to hear a winner from this event that you've never you heard perhaps of. have never heard of. And I, I, maybe I like that's him. someone that, that in five years from now will be a household name in drag racing. And it, the entry point, and the the way that this event is not uh, pretentious and or intimidating. I mean, it is any anything involving fast race cars is going to be intimidating. But there's not there's so much more to it. There's durability. There's you know longevity. There's all these things. It's Strategy. not just it's not yeah. just how uh, can you cut a light and can you make four rounds of racing and do everything perfect like we expect everyone to do in drag racing uh there it's a lot more rough around the edges which i just think is unique in our in our sport it likens to me drag and drive competitions they smack of like a weight room you know what i mean where it's <laughs> right. really about competing with yourself you know you, yeah you pay you're paying attention to what everybody else is doing and you're aware but you're really there to compete with yourself and, and that's what i see really being the magic or the secret sauce to these drag and drives of drive events. Uh, but I think Tom Bailey and company have really taken it to another level because they've married that atmosphere with like the most fun you could possibly have going drag racing. Uh, great vibe, great energy, parties, nightlife, things to do. It's extremely well done. Huge congratulations to the whole team. Our 2022 race of the year, sick week. Um, let's head into our, our third segment here, Mike. And this is, uh, we're getting down to brass tacks, buddy. We've got a handful left, but I want to take a minute and remind everybody that each and every episode of the West Buck Show is brought to you by our friends at Redline Synthetic Oils. Redline has a reputation with racers and hardcore enthusiasts for creating products that perform and protect better than any on the market, and they've been doing it since 1979. Whether it's your race car, your tow rig, your motorcycle, or your lawnmower, when you think about lubricants, you need to think about Redline. For more information, log on to redlineoil.com. Let's uh, move on to our next category. Another really fun one that I think is is rare, and I, and I won't uh, stop to talk about it now. We'll reflect at the end of the show, but... 2022 Drag Illustrated Pass of the Year nominees. Troy Coughlin Jr. taking out Erica Enders by one ten thousandth for his first pro stock win. Erica Enders 645 with a zero in pro stock at the NHRA Gator Nationals. Brittany forces 338.94 mile per hour blast in top fuel at the NHRA Finals in Pomona. Melanie Salemi's jaw-dropping 3.568 second pass and pro boost at the East Coast Nationals. Rob Goss's 4.10 with an 8 in X275 competition at No Mercy 13. And your winner for 2022 Drag Illustrated Pass of the Year, Larry McBride's 268.30 mile-per-hour blast in Top Fuel Motorcycle. Guys, I think in the interest of fair reporting, we, we have to acknowledge that we almost overlooked this initially. We put together a quick list off the top of our heads a few months ago, and we were, we were, we were discussing it later, and we go, oh, my God, I think we missed the biggest run of the year and perhaps There's so the many. most talked about. There were right? so, there many, were so many big moments. There were so many good ones, and that, that run – uh, kind of came out of nowhere, an exhibition type deal at Virginia Motorsports Park. And uh, yeah, like you said, the social media reaction and just people that are in the know in the sport, the way they reacted to that run 
I think helped sway the decision for us. And if you've met Larry or been around him, this is, he might be the nicest guy in drag racing. And I think that goes a long way as well. So many people were so excited and happy to see him go out and, and make a run like this. And I think it's big for motorcycle drag racing uh, as a whole. We talked to Jack Corpella. We had him on the show right after this happened uh, and kind of had that whole world fired up. So I think that for all those reasons, uh, it was our pass of the year. I agree wholeheartedly. I can't say enough about Larry McBride as a human being, uh, the character that he's created for himself, Spider-Man. Uh, and again, going back to that run at Virginia Motorsports Park last summer, it was it was such a buzzworthy moment, right? And I think it was just because we're not used to seeing Top Fuel Harley very often, right? We don't see these motorcycles compete very often. Top Fuel motorcycle compete very often. And Oftentimes when they do, they're packaged in with another show uh, or another major event. And the way it was promoted and presented out there at VMP, kudos to not only NHRA, but Tyler Crossnow and the whole team at VMP, Virginia Motorsports Park, just extremely well done. It was it was a shot heard round the world moment, truly. Yep, absolutely, man. Um, okay, well, congratulations, Larry McBride, your whole team. Uh, very exciting. Our next category the 2022 Drag Illustrated Breakout Racer of the Year. This was a tough one. This to oh me was gosh. the toughest one of the year for us. So It really was. Nominees included Amber Franklin, Joey Gladstone, Troy Coughlin Jr., Kayla Morton, Dallas Buchanan, and your winner, 2022 Drag Illustrated Breakout Racer of the Year, Top Fuels, Justin Ashley. Mike, as you mentioned, this was another uh, a tough one. Uh, we had There were so many names, and every, an argument could have been made across the board, but when you look at the level of competition that exists in Top Fuel today, the fact that Justin Ashley's out there with a relatively new team, lots of new parts people, um, pieces, trying to, to go up against some of these massive operations – and to have the success he did be in contention for a championship uh, till the bitter end, I feel like he uh, was a, f a strong choice for, for breakout racer of the year. Yeah. And I mean, that was uh, our argument in the end of it. Uh, we, we had a, several good nominees here um, that you could have made a case for, but it's kind of odd that we pick the, the guy based on the competition of the class that he is involved in, but it, it makes total sense when you're trying to separate or split hairs here and you look at, how stacked top fuel was this past year and, and how stacked we hope it continues to be with young talent. And the fact that he was a few rounds of racing away from a championship, had things gone a little bit differently um, after that big win in, in Texas, had they gone differently the last couple of races uh, we could be telling a completely different story. Not that Brittany force, Brittany force throughout the year was in contention and someone that, uh, we saw having a really good shot to win that championship. And then out of nowhere, here comes Justin Ashley. And after, especially after that big win and, and going into those last few races, um, just showed his resolve, uh, I think as a driver as well. Um, anyone in top fuel will tell you that he, he cuts the best lights. He's the, he's one of the best drivers in top fuel, uh, only haven't done it for a few years. So, um, to me, to me, those things stood out. Uh, again, the the competition of the class and the, the young talent in that class. How many times in 2022 did we say that we've never seen Top Fuel as competitive as it is right now? And, and I think we're going to see that again in 2023. But yeah, huge congratulations to Justin Ashley and team rolled out a new sponsor last year, feeling all that pressure 
right? Like, hey, this is a short-term deal. We don't know how long it's going to last. I think they announced a two or three race partnership early in the season. It got extended, got extended again. Yeah, now it's a multi-year. a multi-year arrangement, which is a huge feather in the cap of sport of drag racing as a whole, but definitely for Justin Ashley and company. So congratulations to those guys. Uh, very happy for him. Very deserving of the honor. Our next category, another one hotly contested our nominees for 2022 drag illustrated outlaw racer of the year bubba stanton jason lee marquise hatton kenny hubbard and your winner 2022 outlaw racer of the year manny bajinga definitely uh, a guy that deserves it this guy won everywhere he went in 2022, it was like he was on a mission to make sure that there wasn't a person in drag racing that wasn't aware of Manny Bajinga and that feared Fred Red Mustang man. Uh, what what a what a mark he left on no prep kings and no prep racing in general. Uh, carried that momentum right over to extreme or excuse me Pro 275 competition X 275 and will be making headlines. Here in 2023 and pro modified competition. I mean, what can you say, man? The guy had a hell of a season. Yeah. And it's almost hard to quantify what is an outlaw racer and what's an outlaw class in these days with really everything having gone to, you know, stricter rule sets, the days of the true outlaw racing, we feel, especially in fast door slammer racing are behind us. And to see a guy go out and have success or really just be willing to compete in a lot of these um, outside the bounds categories like no prep Kings and grudge racing and, and, and the two seventy five stuff to me in 2023, that's what makes an outlaw racer. So, uh, he deserves it and, uh, interested to see what he does in 2023. There were several instances in the uh, last season where I felt like Manny was the difference. Uh, you know, his tuner, Jamie Miller just yep. won drag illustrated tuner of the year so he definitely had the people around him he always points to his team he's got fantastic equipment but there were multiple instances last season where manny was a difference maker he either cut a killer light had to pedal the car a couple of times and i just think that those are those the moments when a, a driver really earns their keep right that's when they they step out uh, and and kind of separate themselves from the crowd. So congratulations to Manny Bajinga and company on being named 2022 Drag Illustrated Outlaw Racer of the Year. We're down uh, to a last couple of these bad boys, and uh, this is another uh, tough one, Mike. It doesn't get any easier. Easier 2022 Drag Illustrated Sportsman Racer of the Year nominees: Jimmy Hidalgo Jr., Joe Rubicek, Gage Birch, Bo Butner. Matt Dadis and your winner, 2022 Drag Illustrated Sportsman Racer of the Year, Pete Diagnolo. I said his name last long. Diagnolo. Um, congratulations, Pete. Another one that was, there's so many nominees for these things. We, we put down uh, paper to pencil to paper and you start writing names. It's almost overwhelming how many people could have won this award or deserved to be mentioned. Bo Butner had a standout year. Gage Burt and Matt Dadis always in the running, Jimmy Hidalgo Jr., fantastic year. Joe Rubicek, uh, but whenever it got right down to it, we had to go with Pete. Yeah, and we got a great story on him in the new issue, which will be dropping later Seven today. Seven o'clock tonight, right? Yep, JT, maybe post another link to that in here. Uh, but yeah, man, the, the sportsman deal, it's like, 
it, that that deal is so tough and so hotly contested and we I, mean, I, I can always he- hear these voices in my head of i know you know all these different what about uh, factions so? of the sport what about, yeah yes and that's another you know drag racing is uh, there's very segmented to begin with but sportsman racing there's so many different ways to do this big bunny bracket racing has become a, a basically a style of racing of its own in and of itself all these different various super classes and uh it's it's a tough one man you got all especially you've even got a ton of weekend warriors that you know roam these certain series loose rocker um some of the bogaki uh events i mean there's so many guys uh the well, spring uh, flings yeah so, and gosh, we, i think we tried to represent the the swath of sports and racing in our nominees um and then it's we we do this with our sportsman issue as well it's always a tough one to pick who goes on the cover of that and who you know which which segment of sports sports and racing do we represent we try to cover it all but when it comes to the big awards like this or the cover it's always so so (laughs) hard to choose man and you know sportsman racers are, are proud and so we we've just come to the fact of we're not going to make everyone happy with this. So we've kind of got to pick one of the segment of the sport and go with it. 100% man. And it's listen, the, the effort there is to, and the goal is to, to paint a wide swath. As you mentioned, Mike, you know, we want to identify as many people as possible from many, from as many walks of the racing life as humanly possible. So congratulations to all of our nominees. Uh, but we were down you, to JT. our final. I know you'll do anything for me. Anything for you, Mike. Oh, what a sweetheart. <laughs> All right, we're down to our final award of the year or of the day. Uh, and this is a big one. The Drag Illustrated Racer of the Year Award. Uh, it, it means a lot to us here at the magazine. It's something that's not just about reaction times. It's not just about uh, keeping it between the lines. It's not just about race wins. Uh, it, it's a lot about being a difference maker. It's about being the, the type of race car driver um, that can win in any equipment, right? It's not, it doesn't matter where they go, what, what the circumstances are. They rise to the occasion and they, they deliver when it matters most. Your nominees for 2022 Drag Illustrated Racer of the Year include Brittany Force, Matt Smith, Jim Halsey, Ryan Martin, Todd Tuttero, and your winner, appearing on this 180th issue of Drag Illustrated's cover, the one and only five-time NHRA Pro Stock World Champion, Erica Anders. Well, right? I was like, we need some, like, well, we need some symbols or yeah. something. JT, do, do we have the cover image queued up that we get? You're oh, muted, JT. He's on mute. Man, that sucks that I was muted because I was really cheering <laughs> loud. Were you? Of course you were. to get you guys. We've Man, got to, I'm telling you, there's we, no we, one. We, we need to drop the cover on here. The, the yeah, cover image is is epic because it's yeah. it's Erica celebrating amongst the crowd at Houston during the last ever national event at that track, her home track. And it was, was at the start of what was possibly one of the most dominant seasons in NHRA professional history, Crazy. Um, let alone pro stock. So, um, this was a tough list, man. We get these names. I know uh, Brittany, very deserving. Matt Smith, another championship. Halsey, Ryan Martin, uh, Todd Tudro, which I think Todd or his crew have been nominated on every single one of our know, right? lists here, which <laughs> kind of tells his impact on the sport. But you just simply can't deny the dominance that Eric had, uh, displayed in 2022. And I, I think you have to pinpoint that the, the fact that she remains a difference maker. You know, when, when, 
when it's all on her, she delivers. And I think the the pressure that existed last season, especially late in the year, all the the dominant run that they had had, you know, there the competition wasn't far away. They could smell it, you know. And I think racing out front, we talk about the challenge. You know, it's easy to get yourself up when you're the underdog and you think everybody's rooting against you. But to go to the starting line every single time and know the guy or gal in the other lane is giving you their absolute best shot. They are swinging for the you got fence. A target on they, your back. You got yeah. a target on your back the size of Texas. And to go up there and deliver day in and day out, I don't know that you can say enough uh, about what Erica has done, her impact in the sport. I had a conversation with a, a, another a fellow member of the industry this morning, and we were kind of throwing around the fact that I don't know that she's going to be remembered as uh, an all-time great pro stock racer, but perhaps an all-time great drag racer. I think we're going to see her name, you know, not so much mentioned alongside the likes of Warren Johnson, Bob Glidden, Lee Shepard, the list goes on, but more so Greg Anderson, Jag Coughlin Jr., but more so alongside Don Garlitz, John Force, Tony Schumacher. I mean, I, I think that her impact uh, will, it, it's significant, man, to say the least. Look at her. Uh, I just, I'm just looking down in the green room here. And uh, her biggest cheerleader is in the green room, and she's just smiling ear to ear. You know, let's bring her on here. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. She wasn't ready. There. She wasn't ready. Man, Flo's <laughs> got the kill, most killer swag. They've got great merch. Well, this was this store? was from our offsite. Every single Flow employee got this one, and it's the softest sweatshirt I've ever, ever owned. But we what'd are you, coming in hot in the merch game. What would you think of that? That was cool. I was back here cheering. Yeah, I saw you down there. That's why we had to bring you on. You're you're grinning ear to ear. So on behalf uh, of my sister, I'd like to yeah. accept this award. <laughs> I think it's a. I mean, how do you? I mean, and Eric, uh, Courtney, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because it is cool to see Erica's name mentioned alongside, you know, Brittany Force, Matt Smith, talking about you know crossing boundaries here at the magazine. Jim Halsey, Ryan Martin, Todd Tuttero, but I don't know how. I mean. Were you at any point last year blown away by the way things were going? Because there were times when it felt like, wow, is this is this real life, this level of dominance? Absolutely. I mean, we we struggle. I just was slacking with Kelsey Cartuccio and I said, arguably the best season she'll ever have. Like, forget the one that that was, but like, how do you top that? And as we were going through the whole year, it's just like Erica, you're really screwing this up. We run her up and we're just mad. So like you've raised the bar and it's like, we like to win now all the time. <laughs> well, what set that up though, was the anger over not winning the 2021 <laughs> championship. Right. I mean, we talked about that all year, the, the uh, dog mentality or with the underdog mentality uh, that, that, that team had, even though you've had so much success in the past years that that sort of set it over the edge leading into 2023. Yeah, it is. And it, I mean, it's, it's just, it's unreal. I don't think that you can like put words to it being in my position of, of watching her dream it up at five, six years old and thinking, okay, yeah, everybody wants to be a rock star, you know, but what watched her do it. And it's been people think my enthusiasm is extra, whatever it is, but it is so genuine. And I'm so proud of her. I'm so freaking proud of her. It's pretty awesome. It's spectacular. I mean, we actually, you heard me uh, raving about Erica's success earlier in the week, but I think that she has quickly become kind of what everybody's trying to achieve. Like that level of success, sponsor support, you know, there, there it's the real hired gun drivers are fairly few and far between, you know, but she has blazed a trail. She's fought the good fight 
and it, it's an incredible thing to see. And I'm, I'm genuinely happy for her success. Have you seen the new cover, Courtney? Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, in the Eric Enders program, we got to approve photos. We saw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It, yeah, was, it was just super cool that she came into the season with a chip on her shoulder and really, you know, doesn't have anything to prove, but was pissed and wanted to, and then pulled it off. And well, I think not, only something, pull, not only pulled it off, but like, just like, just throat stomped everybody. Yeah. I think that there's something to be said too, of, of watching the entire career of trying to become the best woman, the first woman, then the best woman. And like, that's not even on, on the radar anymore. And I think this year for me was like that, that legendary status year. It wasn't, I'm still the greatest girl. It's like, okay, forget that word. And now I'm going to go out there and prove that I'm the best drag racer. And I saw that difference in her. And, and I think the rest of the world does now. So what's, what's next? What are we looking forward to in 2023? We're going to win 11 races. Come on, son. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think, I think this mountain motor thing um, is going to be really big and her spreading her, her wealth and her knowledge within the sport, because like she's out right now, um, elite's got a new pro stock driver coming and she's training him and teaching him. Yeah. yeah. And she's, she's testing and, and coaching. And like Marty said in the, the meeting the other day, Wes, you know, she's, She's really come along and in, in being a, a mentor status of that too. And so she's not going anywhere behind the driver's seat because Lord knows what would she do without that. But I think that there's just a lot, a lot mentally and a lot within the sport that that she has to give left. And so I think just kind of spreading it out. What about the the uh milestones that she has? The I think uh uh Angel, right? Does she yep, she's 46? She's right behind her, and then she's right behind. Um, I'd have to look, I had to pull it up, but she's getting close to Greg and Bob in, in total number of championships. So those have got to both be on her radar at this point. Oh yeah. She wants to, uh, she wants to pass Greg for sure. And, and like I said, just keep going. When we started this and Angel had 46 and Erica had like four, we're like, okay, <laughs> we can pass Shirley. We can pass this person and be, end the career being the second winningest female in, in drag racing. But I talked to her yesterday. I was like, holy shit, like we're there. Like all you have to do is win three races, which a few years ago, that's a good season. And now we're thinking we need to win three races before the summer and she'll, she'll top on gel. It's hard to imagine adding anything to that resume at this point in time. <laughs> you know, I mean, it really is, but golly, it's, it's crazy, man. I, I, I don't know what more to say about it. We've talked about it on here so much. And there are times I'm like, God, we, we got to talk about something else. But I think it's interesting the way she forces she's uh -huh. she makes damn sure that she's a part of the conversation at all times i mean you can there is not a time when you can ever write her off or counter out i mean she is in even when you know they have a rough weekend right or she has a misstep i mean which doesn't happen often i mean you can never counter out it's an incredible incredible thing that she's put together and i know the whole family has contributed to it you guys have all cheered her on and i'm excited to see this this kind of next chapter if you will behind the wheel of a mountain motor pro stock car and i'm not done i'm gonna get her back in a pro mod at, at some point i, I <laughs> she may not want to go quarter mile racing but uh i'll be uh, trust me we're gonna be working hard to get her behind the wheel of a pro mod for the world series one of these days good and i, and I do have to say guys um you know, you said you can't add any of any more accolades. Like, how do you make this resume any better? And a lot of people may think that awards like this don't don't compare or don't add up and don't mean anything. But this this DI award for driver of the year was a big deal for her and and for our whole team. 
you know, and being nominated for, for the rivalry and for the runs of the year. Like this isn't something that we just breeze over and think, Oh, it's just something else. So appreciate all the heat you guys take all the time and effort that you put into figuring out who's going to be nominated and, and who legitimately deserves to win it. So appreciate it guys. Thank Mama you, Sue just texted me, just texted me, women of power. Oh, yeah, she rocks. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty <laughs> awesome, right? Uh, Courtney, before we cut you loose, one of the reasons we had you on here is you're uh, throwing your hat into the ring uh, as part of the, the podcasting space. So give us a real quick update here. Uh, I believe we're going to see the first episode of Right Off Track this Friday, uh, streaming via flowracing.com. Yes, we've been kicking around the idea for a while, and uh, Flow Drag Racing has been – um, behind the scenes, very quickly moving, but maybe to the surface, slowly moving on some some big moves to make flow one of the essential destinations for drag racing. Teaming up with DI was a major thing in that. And this week, we are finally going to be doing the first episode of Right Off Track. We've been working really hard, got some cool graphics, and um, it's how the structure is going to be is the first few we're going to we're going to record it and then release it just to make sure producer and me and everybody kind of is, is jiving on the same page. But it's definitely going to be something we have a guest every week. We're going to be leaning in heavily on what happened in the world of drag racing before what to come, what's to come for the weeks ahead for um, things streamed on flow, plus things we don't have the streaming rights to. And I'm going to bring all of my friends from the drag racing world on and just kind of educate, entertain and, and have fun and, and find a space for right off track within the greats like you guys. Oh my goodness! The great. can we can we make an appearance on your podcast? I was just getting ready to say. Oh, if on? you think you're, you're not, getting you're away with that, wait, wait oh, a second, man. Mike. You're not booked already. Oh man, no, I, I got oh, JT. I'm sorry. The party crew's different. No, it, <laughs> oh, no, definitely. And we've even kicked on that show before. I am. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We have an order here that you have. Well, to JT no. voted for me for ambassador of the sport, so <laughs> he made it clear. That, oh yeah, hey, you know that's true. Anything, that's true. anything to further his cause. Well, no, I do. We, when are we going to do a right on track watch party? That's what I want to yeah. do. I, we well, it is. This. It's the 20th anniversary uh, this year, and so NHRA, we've been kicking around some ideas. Woody's been working hard on some new logos and trying to get some of the people out there, and so we're going to be doing things. Inflatable movie screen. And uh, um, we'll be talking. I have a giant inflatable movie screen that my mom actually got me for Christmas a couple of years ago, which was like super questionable. Like she's like, "Did you get your president?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Did you buy me a giant movie screen? It's bigger than my house. Like I don't even know what we're gonna. She do knows with you it. very well because you guys <laughs> yeah. use that thing like weekly. Yeah, now we use it a lot. But anyways, I have one and I've got a projector. So um, we should do at one of the races, like maybe in Texas or. But we should totally like watch it in the pits or something because the projector really works well. You know, we I agree. Yeah, they want to integrate, you know, the junior program. They're going to be doing a lot more with the pros um, during the junior exhibition runs. And we're going to integrate a, a lot of the right on track stuff. And so it kind of worked out poetically for me to not not bank on the past of calling this right off track and all of that. But now it's actually seems relevant. So one of those promotional accidents that worked in my favor. But one idea that I did have that I want to do, and I'm going to put you on the spot and do it live is I almost want to do like a, you know, when shows like Chicago med and Chicago PD will have like a mashup show and it's just a massive two hour one instead of the hour separate. I think that on big events or some kind of party that we, we mesh them up and, and do like a West Buck show right off track kind of deal. We're already awesome. married professionally and personally. So yeah, I mean, why not, man? We're here for it. I think more of the, we need as much of this stuff as humanly possible. I mean, to be honest, like we need as many people talking about the sport of drag racing 
through the week as we can get. I mean, we talked, we started the show talking about how incredible the Super Bowl was and all that hype beforehand and all the storytelling components beforehand. Drag racing needs more of this. So yeah, anytime we're down to talk about drag racing, trust me. I'm excited. And, and you know, what's funny is we had to work out the spots of when this was going to be done based on producer availability and all that. And as you know, in the motorsports community, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are hot. Everybody's home. You're doing it. And Wednesday at two, I said, no, Wednesday's out. That's the West Buck day. We can't do Wednesday. So it's going to be pretty much every other Friday. Once we start going live, I think we're going to do it in the, the one o'clock area. And I'm going to actually going to be doing a few episodes at the racetrack. So when I'm traveling and it falls, We'll be at the Elite Pit. We're going to do a couple at PDRA. Um, so we're going to have guests kind of pop in. And so the, the ride off track name kind of fit well for that, too, because we're going to be literally right off track and bring in, bringing in live action from these events, which will help with the streaming for flow, but also just another behind the scenes look. So Fridays are my day, y'all. I mean, I love it. And I don't honestly don't think these shows have to be live. I think we almost like set ourselves up where. <clears throat> it's hard to go backwards. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like once you've done the show live for five years or however many years we've been doing this, seven years, how it's a long time. However long you once you've done it live, it's hard to go to a recorded format. But we talk about it all the time because you can kind of control the environment. You can fix some screw ups. You know, post. You can do a lot of cool stuff in post production. And <laughs> we, however, but the chaos of live yeah. is hard. And to the make. comments. I like people yeah. being able to interact and Q and A and things like that sort. Yeah. So that's. I want Especially this to just be a massive hangout. If you're doing it at the track like that, just seeing who you get that stops by or who jumps in the frame and and says something, you know, iconic or whatever. You're not going to get that if you record it. No, I'm, I'm very, very excited. It's going to be fantastic. We'll keep us posted. Thanks for coming on and uh, keeping us up to date. And I guess this will be a, a great time. We're going to wrap the show up, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty, we, yeah, yeah. we're pretty much. I do. I got to get one more script read in here. Right. Well, thanks, right? Court. I mean, right. thanks, <laughs> Thank you. all I appreciate yeah. you always letting me come on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Courtney. Talk thanks, soon. Yes. Guys, I want to remind everybody, speaking of Courtney, that the West Buck Show is brought to you by FlowRacing.com. If you're a drag racer or a drag racing fan, you got to get on board with Flow Racing. The world leader in sports live streaming, Flow Racing provides unlimited access to drag racing's biggest events like Donald Long's Lights Out, No Mercy and Sweet 16, every stop on the PDRA and NMCA tours, the World Cup Finals, Streetcar Supernationals, and much, much more, World Series of Pro including Mod. the World Series of Pro Mod coming up uh, about 20 days from now, March 3rd, 4th, and 5th, 2023. Um, FlowRacing.com is a fixture in my life. I'm able to follow along with multiple racing events from the comfort of my own home or while I'm on the road. It truly is incredible what this platform provides. Flow Racing is changing their sport for their better, and there is no limit to the good they can do here. So join the movement by logging on to flowracing.com today. Guys, let's uh, just recap this. I would like to, to run through. Uh, obviously, we just talked about. Before we, before we start there, I just okay. want to give a shout out to okay. like Nate and uh, Kayla and Craig for, for hunting all these people down and doing articles on them. And uh, it's been, you know, those writers have had their hands full with going from 30 under 30 you know, and it's tough. This. You're right, JT. It's yeah. tough to do these list type uh, issues of the magazine versus like where we have just one feature story where you have to track down one person and do a long form interview with them. And then you got to track down 30 kids or yep. whatever, however many awards, 18 different awards that we've got here. Yeah. At that the same time, do, at so the same you're, time, you're right there's a pro mod, pro mod going on and we're giving them, you know, drivers to do stories on too. And 
yeah, they've. And you're right. I mean, back in the it. day, you know, early on with the magazine, we we went into everyone with like a, a very strong formula and we knew that we had one cover story and that was going to be the big burden for for someone, right. whoever was tackling the cover story, this uh, this issue. And, and then we introduced all these lists. And I remember every time I would come up with one of these list ideas, Mike would get a little salty towards me. He's like, dude, these sections in the magazine are like 20, 30, 40 pages. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I like lists. I think these lists are awesome. We can we can talk about more people. And to have the support of our editor-in-chief, Nate Van Wagen, getting married in a couple of weeks. Um, and like you mentioned, Josh Hatchett, Kayla, um, Kayla Zadell, Craig Cook, the list goes on. Who else? Uh, Van Abernathy contributes to these articles. Um, uh, Kelly Wade. Kelly Wade produces a bunch of them. So it's it really is a, a big undertaking. 18 winner, uh, eighteen award winners, I think, this year, along with five, six nominees in each category. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of it's a and lot of writing. Don't put your computer on sleep or anything because uh, the women of power is coming up, too. And that's a lot of articles as well. <laughs> that's so. another one. We came up with all these lists. It's funny, Wes, you're talking about the early days of the magazine. The reason we came up with it was because when you were doing them all, it was easier for you to do. I think it was easier for you to just bang out these lists or quicker when we're trying to make up time rather than write, you know, the long form story. And if you know, Wes, every, every story has to be better than the last one. So these <laughs> stories were getting like, you know, take it like weeks to write hundred words. And then the you were doing like a like hundred S Thompson, yeah. you know, uh, bury yourself in the story type of deal. But, uh, so that's where it originated from, I think, was a was out of productivity. But then now that it's grown into this deal where every or the vast majority of our issues are based around this and that's that's our most popular issues. And they all these things are based around it. Races, press conferences, um, <laughs> award shows and all these things. It has kind of taken on a, a life of its own. But it is funny to think about why we initially started doing them. Man, and I, I want to give kudos uh, to a couple of folks, actually. All of y'all, Mike, JT, Nancy, uh, everybody at Drag Illustrated, Caroline. Uh, I mean, my goodness, the whole team, the value this group of people provides the sport of drag racing is something that I'm really proud of. It's, it, you know, obviously I'm biased, right? You know, but I genuinely, I had a conversation with Joe Costello, one of our nominees for uh, Am Ambassador of the Year earlier this week and we were or no a few weeks ago and he said to me he goes man uh good thing for drag illustrated because there's a whole lot of racers that wouldn't be getting a whole lot of pub without it and it's something that i it's we take that we take that personally like we we feel we're on a mission here to shine a light on the men and women that make this sport what it is and tell their stories and introduce them to people and cheer them on and pour fuel on the fire. I mean, it's not been that long ago that we were putting a relatively unknown grudge racer from South Carolina on the cover of the magazine named Stevie Fast Jackson. Now he is one of our sport's biggest stars. I remember putting Alexis DeJory on the cover of the magazine way back when she had just graduated from a super comp dragster to a top alcohol funny car. And we knew that there would be a day when she was a superstar in our sport. And that day has arrived. Uh, it, it's, it's incredible to see how this uh, has progressed over the years. And I'm genuinely proud of telling these people's story, being a part of their growth. And, and I hope we get to do it for a long, long time. So to everybody at Drag Illustrated, all of y'all, um, and the audience, the, the readers, the people that have supported this project over the years, uh, thanks to all of you. Because, I mean, this show, all these things that we get to do, 
I mean, it's a whole lot of pinch me moments when you get right down to it. Spend our days and nights talking about drag racing. Absolutely, agree, man. You nailed it. Couldn't say any better. Yeah. Well, fair, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Well, yeah. shut everything up. Uh, yeah, you covered it. All. We're done. No, We're talked out. No, I'm, but I am. I, that was these awards. I feel very good about them because these racers need, and it, it meant a lot to hear Courtney say that. And I, and I've had conversations with racers that little bit uh, of encouragement, that little bit of validation, that little bit of just a pat on the back, some kudos, right? That can be what spurs the next big leap in someone's career, right? It can sure. it can be a catalyst for a breakthrough moment. I can't count the number of times that I've had a racer tell me they were getting ready to throw in the towel, right? They were ready to sell all this shit and go bass fishing, right? And then their phone rang for an interview and then a cover story came out or a big spread in the magazine or an article on the website or an interview on a podcast. And the next thing you know, they're reinvigorated, they're recommitted and they're ready to, to dive in and, and do it again. So incredible. And it's easy to feel like man. that, you know, like, especially is, when man. you had, when you had a, you know, maybe a rough weekend or maybe a rough year, a series you know, of rough you know but then, then you sit there for a little bit and then you, you get to missing it, you know, like even just after a couple of days, you know, it doesn't hurt quite as bad. And you're, now you're thinking about, well, I mean, maybe if I fix this, maybe that could work, yeah. you know, or, you know, maybe if I adjust that and change this, you know, so, yep, just hang in there and keep her, keep her going, I guess, right? A hundred percent, guys. Well, hey, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in our second annual Drag Illustrated Awards. As Mike mentioned earlier, you can see the entire issue on dragillustrated.com for free. Drops tonight, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. East Coast. It is action-packed. How many pages did this issue come out to be? Uh, 140. Wow. They're getting thick these days, son. Yep. Right? Thick. T-H-I-C-C, thick. They are getting thick. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate you guys. As always, we'll see you next Wednesday, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Drag Illustrated YouTube channel. If you're liking, I miss or following along, I missed this at the beginning of the show. Remember to click like, click share, and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate it. See you soon. Later, y'all. Thanks, y'all.